Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Osiris. Welcome to Wheels Off, a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. Sam Corton is the lead singer of the rock band The Bobby Lees. They're young, they're loud, they're brash, they're crazy, their shows are historically out of control. She joins me from Tulsa, Oklahoma, as you'll hear her describe the opening of this interview. And I was really excited to get to talk to her because I don't know her at all. We have some friends in common. But... What I do know about her, frankly, scared me. I mean, she's just fearless uh, performer, and I did not know what to expect. And it's easy to build a narrative in your own head about how someone is going to be uh, terrifying to talk to. Of course, she wound up being anything but. So I think you're going to love this. I think you might love it even more if you take a minute to go listen to some Bobby Lee's music before you start rolling on this because it'll give you some context. Uh, Sam is also an actor. You can see her work uh, in a number of films, and she's she's pretty fascinating, and I think you will get that. Um, one thing that comes up in this conversation is that she got a lot out of, a lot of inspiration from um, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, uh, whom I've interviewed for Wheels Off before, and who I actually am going to be interviewing right after taping the interview with Sam. So it's a, I'm recording two interviews in one day, and it's kind of uh, coincidental slash perfect that Sam was so inspired by Julia Cameron and her teachings, and uh, I'm sure that will come up later on today when I interview Julia. Uh, so... Maybe you want to go back and listen to the Bobby Lees, watch some films featuring Sam, and then maybe even check out that Julia Cameron interview that came out a while back. Uh, Or maybe just roll straight into this uh, with a clean slate. Please enjoy this conversation on Wheels Off with Sam Corton. Welcome to Wheels Off, Sam Corton. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Brett. 
Thanks for having me. Um, for the edification of our listeners, from where are you logging in? I'm currently in Tulsa, Oklahoma. What? I didn't expect that answer. That's awesome. How'd you wind up in Tulsa? Um, I guess I live here now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, really. <laughs> um, yeah. Tulsa underrated, though. The Bob Dylan Museum is there. Yeah. Have you spent any time here? Sure. I, I grew up in Dallas and I've got okay. pe people, as they say, from Oklahoma. And so I've come up through Tulsa a lot as a kid. And then now when we go through and play canes and stuff like that, yeah. but it's kind of cool. People don't realize Tulsa, Oklahoma has actually got good things going for it. Yeah, I like it. Um, we got to play the canes last month. That was awesome. Nice. God, you guys at canes, that would be, I love that. I, I mean, I, I feel like we are chaos at Canes, like Bob Wills is either rolling over in his grave or giving a giant thumbs up, but you guys are that to the nth, maybe, right? It was, we played a chili festival there. So it was pretty interesting <laughs> crowd. A lot of cowboys, a lot of people that were like, what the fuck is this about to be? And it was, it was great. I was shocked people were into it. So it was nice. Of course they were. Oh man. Okay. So, um, what creative project are you working on at the moment and how does it light you up? Oh, God. Oh, that's a great question, because that's why I'm not so light, right? Not lit up. Um, I'm I'm in like a not working on anything right now, which is why I'm not well. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got a pretty new record. Yeah. But it's yeah. been in the can for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it came out, uh, I guess, two months ago now. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I have a film I just finished that's not just finished, but it's coming out next month. I was out in LA to do some stuff for that, um, which is a fun project. It's called Candyland. It's out January 6th. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've been like, I'm technically moved, I guess technically a year ago, but because of our touring, I was never here. So this has been the first time where I've like landed and here and a little like, what the fuck am I doing here? Um, my band's upstate New York. Uh, yeah. And, but it is, it does help us for touring. Like we had the, we got to tour out of here last year a few times and it it's right in the middle of the country. So it works. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I've been avoiding writing and getting creative uh, since I've been here. It's always like a painful, like resistant thing for me before I start up again if that makes any sense what of about course. you oh i mean i don't know i go through phases right now i haven't uh, acknowledged it to myself but i'm in a phase where i'm not doing much writing and i say that and then my wife would be like well you wrote three songs in blah 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 but are you not always kind of thinking about writing do you have to sure. Yeah, I always have like a little notebook with me and I'm always like writing down little ideas, but I guess like formally sitting down like in that pattern every day or most days and putting, you know, like when, for instance, with the Bellevue record, it was a month of, I mean, the ideas were coming whenever, but it helped to sit down most days for a few hours. Just when I woke up, I'd light a fire and right and that's how i usually work so i'm gearing up to do that like i'm but it's always this really resistant um 
thing of it feels like it makes me sick to my stomach, but then I'll just I'll get I'll feel so shitty that I, there's no other way but to do it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So so I'm preparing for that. Like I actually next I have a, a bunch of stuff to do this week for since I moved, like actually I'm here. So my goal was next week to begin sitting down again. And then, so what What different media do you find yourself working in? Because you're doing lots of different stuff, it seems like. Uh, how do you mean? Um, so you said what you're in Candyland. In that, um, I'm acting in that. Yeah. Um, so how do you balance? Truck stop hooker. That was very fun. We we shot out in Montana at a truck stop. It was that was like our home base. Some stuff in motels, but mostly the truck stop. Um, and it was fun because it was during well, not fun, but we made the best we could out of COVID and our tours getting canceled. And I was able to get Kendall and Nick PA jobs, so we all went out there together. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a fun. It's a fun. I was pretty. I got to see it with a live audience last week in Los Angeles. It was. It's pretty wild. It's about a a young a girl in a cult. She runs away from her cult and joins this gang of truck stop hookers. And it's pre- and then people start dying. It's pretty nuts. And it was fun to watch people's expressions in the theater, like, ah, <laughs> it, was, it was interesting. So does that feel, does either one of these feel like your primary artistic outlet? Whichever I'm doing at the time feels like the prime, like if I'm on a movie, I feel like, I guess I'm an actor. And then when I'm on tour, I feel like, I guess I'm a touring musician. But when I'm not actively doing the thing, I have this like for very forgetful mind where if like a week goes by and we haven't toured, I really have moments where I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Who am I? <laughs> um, so I have pretty short attention span with knowing where my roots are, if that makes any sense. When when you were a kid and it was all starting, was there a moment when you decided I'm going to be and then an actor or, or a musician, or I'm going to be an artist in general and do all these kind of creative different things. Was there like an epiphany moment for you? Are you still waiting on that? What's your like origin story from when you were little? Yeah, there wasn't, uh, I never had that epiphany thing. Um, I, uh, I really, I had terrible self-confidence and, and I would see people perform and go, wow, that looks really I want to do that, but I had no, uh, I would never try. I, I really had so much uh, fear and uh, like if I, the fear of sucking kept me from even trying. So that's, and I know you'd mentioned you were getting to interview Julia Cameron, which I am so excited for you because I've never talked to her. I, I would love to meet her one day and but she just really, I know it's cliche, but she did change my life because I read her book, uh, The Artist's Way. And after I completed, it's like a 12 step program for creativity. And after that, um, I, the band came together, like really on the nose. Like I finished the 12th week and then I, it just was bizarre how quickly it happened. So without her, I, I think I'd still be just with that, like, knotted feeling in my chest like I'm supposed to do something but I don't know how to take actions in order to do it so god bless Julia Cameron (laughs) yeah I'll definitely be mentioning that to her it's the second time I will have interviewed her and and Mm. the the way these interviews work it doesn't lend itself to a follow-up interview because you know it's it's only these kind of four tent pole kind of questions 
But um, I do think, God, I almost wish now that you were going to be joining me for the interview, just because I want I want her to like tell me all the secrets. Are you are you still writing your morning pages, for instance? I kind of do that in um, like sometimes I do it and sometimes like I go yeah. through phases. Um, yeah. What about you? Same, same. Some Sometimes I just life doesn't give me I feel like a moment. I'm sure she would explain to me that if I wake up 20 minutes earlier yeah. Or whatever, then there there would be time. But I feel like when I do, I get a lot out of it, and it makes yeah. me uh, wish that I did it more often. Same, but it's funny now. Um, there's certain times where I feel like I emotionally don't have the space to stir up all this stuff because sometimes mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about any of that stuff, and then I write it out, and I'm like, shit. Well, now I'm thinking about that stuff. So it it's kind of I've. I've gotten a balance where like when I'm ready to get into things and face them, then I do them. Yeah. It's funny though, when you describe yourself as not having self-confidence because having, you know, seen and heard your work, it seems like it's just fearless in a lot of ways. How did it start? I mean, how did you get over it? I mean, other, I guess it was just the artist way. Yeah, I mean, I did what she said to do, like these little exercises, like little artist dates or things where you had to go. So I went like the first time I did an open mic uh, or it was this thing called a picker's circle in Phoenicia. It was these like old guys hanging around and I can't play even that well to be able to join in. But I was like, fuck it, I'll go. And I was hysterically crying. At the time we were renting this log cabin. I remember hiding in the bathroom like just bawling like in fetal position i can't do it like i'm not gonna be able to do it i just crazy the amount of uh just i don't know but i went i called somebody which is kind of a tool like you know check in with someone else tell someone you're going and you're like accountable to go so i said i'm going and she's like you can do it and i went it was you know it was not a big deal you just play a song and sing along and i did i kept doing those until um yeah until then it was i mean it's still now it's kind of crazy that we've toured and i look at that and i'm like who is that (laughs) that's pretty yeah wild but something like i don't know right before i really like pray to just get out of myself and uh let it go and it usually happens which is cool so especially with with bellevue being you know just out and what you deal with on that record and what you've talked about in the press following that up i i i like to ask folks about how they deal with internally generated obstacles like the voices in your head that tell you whatever you're not good enough or imposter syndrome comes up a lot or success um guilt has come up and but just all these things that get in the way of you know making art or or just surviving e- each day i wonder for you what have you figured out that helps you get wow. beyond beyond those obstacles There's a few like basic tools I've learned. Like the number one thing for me is physical exercise. It's pretty basic, but I have to, every day I've never missed a day. Um, Even when we've toured and we'll like have to drive all night, take the ferry and then play that day. I will run around the parking lot for 20 minutes if I have to, just I've never missed it. And I'm scared what will happen if I do, because I need that kind of, I don't know, to get that out. Um, 
I also eat differently now. Like I was told I have to eat a little better, like not just pizza, you know, things like, um, like bananas are really good. If you have anxiety, I'll like eat a banana and have a cup of tea. I also quit caffeine. Um, I've also been, I'm sober. I can't drink or smoke weed or anything. Um, it kind of, I had to drink it. I had to, I had to stop because of mental stuff. Like I became too crazy. Um, but, uh, so I'd be nervous if I ever drank again, that I would like become schizophrenic because of my past. Um, but, uh, yeah, so staying away from all that stuff, but the, I think the, the biggest thing, and I say this because I always need the reminder, like I might know all these things and you know, and then you have, you wake up and you just don't want to reach for any of those things. It's just like, I'd rather just lay here and go through the story of the suck story or whatever I think my little tale is. Um, but I'm able, I'm just grateful. I'm able to like, um, just move through that and yeah, get out of the house, like work out and then, um, calling people, staying connected is really important. Um, for me, like if I stay isolated, that's when I start designing that whole, like, I just go into the, I don't know, not a good place. Um, so staying connected is really good. I'm, I wish I knew this question. I would have written out a list. Um, and also like hearing, getting out of myself and hearing like when I'll hear a song I like from a band just put out a new record and I can hear that they're going through something or it's just fun or, or there's something, I don't know, if if I take to it and I connect to it, it does inspire me to be like, all right, they're, you know, they're not just laying in bed moping, they're making something. And I appreciate them taking the time to do that. So I'm like, all right, I guess I have to do now, you know, cause I, I realize how, you know, lucky I am and the band is that we have these opportunities now and my brain can tell me that's not true, you know, but I know it is. So it's like, okay, what am I going to make with, with what we have? Um, but yeah, but I'm in it because I'm not, this is a great conversation and this might inspire me to just write right after this, because I have been in a place of not, uh, doing but i like there's a neil gaiman quote i love and i i never remember quotes when i bring them up so i'm not even going to remember it but it was um i like his books and just how the world feels so much brighter when you bring something into it that didn't exist before it doesn't matter what it is like you just sit down and write a little thing like it's a little lighter you know because something new exists so i try to remember that so it's yeah. it's funny that comes up so often in these conversations where people think, and, and this is probably true too, that the act of creativity is in itself like healing or therapeutic or whatever. But the thing that comes up a lot, that's something I have always thought about is that it's sort of like the meaning of life, right? Like what else is there other than making something beautiful and giving it to the world? Yeah. It's it's sort of like the the Neil Gaiman quote. There's a great Kurt Vonnegut quote, and I like you. Whenever I try to go for a quote, I just gr grasp blindly at some memory of what it meant to me. But yeah. yeah, it's it's that thing. It's like yeah, for me, when when I've encountered the really darkness in my in darkest moments, it's been that like um, that's that's what there is. That that's all it's about. Is just trying to create something and make sense out of the fucking chaos yeah it feels good when we put the record out and i had some people read like i 
how do I say this? Um, when someone reaches out and says like, this is going on in my life, this was really helpful. Like, I'm sure you've, it, it just, you're like, okay, all right. Today wasn't a waste. Like I'm doing something, you know? So that's always nice when people say stuff. Not that I'm like, you know, a slave to validation, but it does feel good. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it's funny. There's a there's a perception, and maybe we do this to ourselves. Maybe maybe you you do this to yourself, like like I have. But it's a, there's a perception that rock and roll, at least, like I don't really know as much about what acting would be like, but rock and roll is frivolous, right? But then I think that there's we have to realize that that there's something really useful about the things we put out in the world because they go out and touch people. Sorry, I guess I'm not asking questions. I'm nodding my head yes. <laughs> this is audio, but I'm nodding yes. <laughs> I'm also not a professional interviewer. I don't get paid. Great. So. <laughs> I feel like I'm wearing your living room. It feels relaxed. Yeah. Um, well, I love that. I, and I do. I feel like Bellevue is really great the way it just, the way it, um, the way it grapples with really thorny, complicated stuff. And I feel like that, I mean, it's, even if you were singing about fluffy stuff, I feel like you, you're giving something to the world. But when you do what you do, where you're kind of grappling with more difficult stuff, I feel like that really is a gift to the world because people need that. And that's what you're getting when they reach out to you and say, this helped me. Yeah, I would like to. Ch I, one of my challenges for myself, I said when I'm going to sit down writing and I would like to write some fluffier stuff. I just don't. I it's never felt on it. Like when I'm feeling in that really good state, I'm in the moment of that state. I'm not documenting it, but maybe I would try to in this next phase of writing. Cause yeah, I love pop music. I, I love stuff that feels really light also, but I've never tried that. It's funny. There's a, a cliche about creativity that you have to be going through something really difficult to be truly creative. And I remember there was always that thing about somebody at the record label would say, well, I'm going to tell your girlfriend to break up with you. So you write more songs or whatever, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but that's, that's kind of bullshit, right? I, I mean, agree. Yeah. I, I feel like that would encourage, there's also the, like you do, do a ton of drugs, you'll be a better artist, but all that stuff seems self-destructive. Mm -hmm. Um, how long ago did you get sober? Eight, eight years. I just got eight years. So nice. Yeah. Well, I think I'll be at eight in uh, this summer. Wow. Congratulations. But, but boy, it, and I, it's funny because of my own experience, I've, I have to really make an effort not to, when it comes up, let this all become about like sobriety because that's yeah. not what it's about. But I think people don't realize how, great it can be once you've gotten over the hump like how the clarity can be a really beautiful thing that's as much fun as getting fucked up is is that your experience yeah i have a question for you though if you don't mind me asking yeah because um, you tour a lot and do you ever struggle in sobriety with um like that feeling like you're hung over all the time on tour because you're sleep deprived. And does that trigger you ever? Cause that's something I dealt with this last year and it was, it was pretty hard. I mean, I never wanted to like pick up, but I definitely felt really not well a lot from the amount of touring and lack of sleep. And I was just like, shit, I, if this continued, I don't know. How, how do you deal with that? Um, 
Because the answer to a hangover was always to start over again, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, God, I don't know. Uh, yes, it's it's uh, it's all about that feeling of uh, muscle memory. Like now is when I pour a whiskey, you know, whatever time, six o'clock. It's one hour before showtime. I'm allowed to have a whiskey. And then I have to tell myself, oh, no. You don't do that anymore. <laughs> or, or like you're describing, like you wake up and you just you feel like shit. And you're like, OK, well, this is when I typically start to smoke weed. And now I'm like, yeah, it's it's not easy. And I don't think it'll ever be easy. Like, God forbid, I see someone drinking a margarita for whatever reason. That was never a big thing. I didn't drink a ton of margaritas. But now when I see, when I see someone drink them, I just my mouth just starts watering like all oh, that sugar and the salt on the rim it's so stupid it's not the whiskey i mean god forbid i drank an ocean of whiskey maybe my body was like all right we've had enough of that but god i miss the margaritas That's funny. Yeah. but but i i don't for whatever reason i think i think the i think how good it feels to not feel like shit is is enough of a reminder daily reminder uh, was this really the first big, like, long, grueling touring since you've been sober? Yeah. I mean, we had toured in when the band started in 2018, 2019. And 2020 was supposed to be our first, like, where we were booked all year. And we had 80-something shows, in a, and they got, can't you know, canceled. I remember, and yeah. So then, yeah, they kind of, so this year, everything came back. We toured a lot in 2021. Like, we did a a full European tour, a West, a full U.S. tour. But this year was the most like back to back. We did five weeks in Europe right after U.S. run. And I learned my limit. Like I, I need a breath. Um, by that fifth week in Europe, I was <laughs> dead. I, bet. I mean, the whole band, we were just kind of cooked. Um, and some people can handle it. I, I don't know. It was, it was tough. It was very hard. But some people also like sit down when they do their shows or whatever. Yeah. And you guys, you're out there fucking killing it every night. Yeah. I think you're... our routing was too nuts. Yeah. Next time we're like to do to drive through the night and then take a ferry and play that day. Like I'm going to ask for for like we're we're going back next summer. And I've already said, OK, we need like when we're crossing from Europe to the UK, let's take a day off. Let's, yeah. You know. Yeah. So it, learning well, what we need yeah God, I'm, I'm so glad too that you guys did reschedule and did hit the road again because you know i feel like the bobby lees are there's a handful of bands of folks that i know where you were right at you you were starting to like hit your fucking stride when covid came along mm -hmm. and <laughs> and i do think a lot of bands didn't survive that and the fact that you made a, a great record and you did go back out on tour and you've got more dates coming up which th just well done. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It was tough. I mean, we as a band, we had a, a couple family sittings. It was like, is this, are we going to make it? And it, we really, you know, got closer through it. Um, yeah. So now we are definitely a tight knit unit. Yeah. Um, so, okay. I wonder about this. Uh, if you could imagine a 21 year old version of yourself in today's world, post-COVID, all the social media bullshit, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's you at 21. What advice might you give younger you? She's thinking. A long pause for her. <laughs> but I, um, yeah, that's tough because I, uh, 
I'm not interested in any of the stuff going on right now online. I don't have any Instagram, Facebook. I don't have an iPhone. That's why I saw you tried to message me, but I don't text at all. So that is great. You called me. Thank you. Cause that's the only way I really communicate. Um, I do have an email. I check like once a day uh, or some, but never on the weekends. I just, yeah. Um, God, that's great. I, I've been recently, I want to start researching towns. I know there has to be spaces where, there you, you can live there and there's no phones allowed. I'd really like to go check that out. Um, so I guess I would tell my younger self, stay strong and and go find the people that, you know, don't it just exist online, I guess. But I don't know, maybe that version of myself would be happier a part of all of that. I have no, you know, I have no idea. Um, I have no idea how to answer that question. Well, maybe, but maybe that's a testament to you just like living in the moment or something. Yeah, you- my mood changes so much throughout the day where I feel like you could ask me the same question in three hours. It would be a completely different answer all the time. Just my perspective seems to always, I mean, there's certain things that I do feel strongly about, but most things I'm kind of open about. Yeah. Um, did you ever have like a an online technologically plugged in life or have you always eschewed that stuff? No, I had a Facebook when it when I was younger, when it first came out and I got rid of it very quickly because I saw and I had an Instagram for a couple months when it came out and I I saw what my brain was doing. Like I, I could see myself looking at it all the time and i'm like what am i looking at i'm sitting on the toilet just like staring at a screen like what am i doing um and then like feeling good when someone liked something i just was like i'm making a decision that this is not how i want to i know our brains like you know these pathways that we encourage or or you know move forward in or get back and i i was like i don't want to you know make this like normal for me or something so but it is isolating like not having any of that stuff there's i mean most of my friends are in their 70s because i relate to women of that or you know any gender but um they just happen mostly be women in their 70s because but people my age like they don't they think it's so bizarre um i don't know so i'm hanging with the old ladies i'm getting lots of knowledge and uh yeah this makes me so happy. This is something I'm fascinated by because I keep predicting there will be colonies of young people who reject technology and live without it. And and every time I bring that up, people just shake their head like, boy, that sounds good, but there's no way that's going to happen. But I just, it's so destructive. How could there not be large groups of people who reject it? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm just just kind of starting my search for more people. Like, I mean, I randomly like if I see someone else with a flip phone, we like identify immediately. It's like, hello, you're making a choice. I respect that. I let's stick together. But it's um, but at the same time, I don't have judgment. Like my partner John, he has a he's on it all the fucking time. He works like crazy and he's totally addicted to it and whatever. Um, but he knows I've said if I find this group or colony, I will be leaving for parts of time to go live without that stuff. Um, but I'm on the, if anyone listens to this and knows email the Bobby Lee's at gmail.com. I don't know how you'd listen to this if you didn't have one. Though. So I don't know. I'm talking to the void. <laughs> 
Well, it might be a truck stop in Montana if it's anywhere. <laughs> but there's so many beautiful things that come from it too. That's why it's so challenging because it's like there is ways to connect like what we're doing. And if I'm driving in the van, it's it's such a vacation to get to listen to a podcast and hear other people discuss things instead of my own head. And yeah. so there's gifts. It's just, yeah, I don't, it's scary to me when I like hang out with people and I feel like they're unable to be present because they would just rather look at that thing. So it's just, they say, be the change you want to see. So I'm just it's out here on an Island trying to, trying to stay strong. Oh my God. I love that. That makes me so happy. All right. Well, this has been great. Honestly, I'm so grateful that you were willing to set up in front of a computer or whatever and do this today. And and I, I love the Bobby Lees. I know about you guys because we have both worked with Vance Powell and um and also Nick. Thank you for putting a good word in because I heard from Vance that you had said you knew Nick. So I felt like you speaking well of us might have helped us been able to work with him. So. Well, you guys have no problem selling yourself because it's undeniable what you guys do. It's just so great. And um, I can't wait for more and more people to to fall in love with the band like I did. So keep it up. Thank you so much for joining me on Thank Wheels you, Off man. today. Woo! Fun. Woo! Bye. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Wheels Off. Please be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us appear higher in the search results and lets other folks know that it's a cool podcast to listen to. Also, as the kids say, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else that you listen to shows like this so that you never miss an episode. This has been Wheels Off, and I'm Rhett Miller, encouraging you to create every day. Thanks, y'all. Hey, this is Chris Santos, host of Delirious Nomads, the Blacklight Media Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Delirious Nomads is a podcast about all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports. And me being a chef and all, we'll be riffing on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.